Well, hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. We're joined today by Jessica Langley, Chairwoman of the Board for the National Health Career Association, Inc., and also Executive Director of Education and Advocacy for NHA. Jessica, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's wonderful timing to be able to be on this show. I just want to first say thank you to MGMA. I know you guys had your annual conference last week. It was an amazing event. We had some folks that were able to partake in that, and um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback. And then also, um, even better timing is this week is kicking off National Health Prof Allied Health Professions Week. So what an awesome opportunity for us to be able to talk about this very important group of individuals and kind of what they're dealing with uh, today. So thanks again for having me. You got it. That is great timing. Um, and as I mentioned, you're currently chairwoman and executive director for the National Health Career Association. First of all, congratulations. And for any of our listeners who may not know what you guys do, share with us about that. Sure. First and foremost, I just want to let everybody know that, you know, we are a membership organization. We do a lot of advocacy work for um, allied health professionals. So along with celebrating um, allied health professions week, just thank you to everyone that shows up in healthcare every day. I know, you know, we've struggled since the onset of a, you know, global pandemic, but, and the stress levels have been beyond, you know, a 10 on a scale of one to 10, and we're not seeing anything really lighten up. So just thank you. I know when I take my children or if you have an interaction with a healthcare professional, they're there, they're showing up and, and you and I both have a little bit better of insights of what they're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, but you know, they're working hard every day to care for our loved ones and our communities. So just um, great work and keep it up and, and hang in there. Um, but to, to say a little bit about NHA, um, we're part of a larger organization called Ascend Learning. They have a family of brands that support healthcare, wellness, education, and safety. So collaboratively, collaboratively, our mission is to help change lives by providing really kind of software-based, data-driven educational support that helps to accelerate learning or advance job readiness and, and help enables really employment success across those, those different brands and um, industries. Specifically at NHA, we are better preparing the next generation of healthcare professionals, which is awesome. And we do this through our mission of empowering people to access a better future. And we can do that in a couple of different ways. So first and foremost, at the core of our business, we offer eight nationally accredited certification exams and preparation resources for allied health professionals. And those include professions like medical assistants, phlebotomists, and pharmacy uh, technicians. To date, I love this number, we have issued over 1.25 million certifications. Wow. Wow. Yes, and that's since the onset of our, our organization began in 1989. Uh, these certifications are really empowering people to pursue their career goals and move forward and be confident that they have the knowledge and skills necessary to perform well in those roles and jobs that they're out there doing. Another 
area that I think is really important is we partner with a lot of stakeholders. So high school, career and tech ed programs, post-secondary education institutions, healthcare employers, and workforce development agencies. And we do that to help really educate and implement certifications and healthcare learning resources into their existing um, programs or program offerings and things like that. And then lastly, we are st starting to build a more robust library of learning resources. And those um, we offer in a comprehensive manner. They are interactive and engaging to help develop skills of those individuals so that they can provide the best care and perform to the top of their credential in those jobs as, as a medical assistant or a phlebotomist. So okay. our, our real goal is to be able to provide full service across, if you think, the not only the learning life cycle of allied health professionals, but also um, through their, uh, you know, post-certification career as well as they are employed and want to think about, you know, what's next for them. Yeah. Well, Jessica, thanks for sharing uh, the background on NHA. Next couple of questions. Want to dig in a little bit more so our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So first up, just tell us what your role is, um, what your primary focus is there at NHA. I love this question because I get to um, tell people that I think I have the best role within the whole company. And essentially, I get to be involved in a variety of aspects of the business and the organization, ranging everything from strategic partnerships, like what we're doing right here today, um, to regulatory affairs and advocacy, um, to ensuring that I help our own organization understand kind of what's happening in the market, everything from news to industry trends, competitive updates, along with just having conversations with stakeholders so that we understand our market needs and drivers. And of course, I get to be a bit of a spokesman for um, not only NHA, but for also allied health professionals. And, and as we'll talk here in a minute, you know, I am one. So it's awesome to be able to come alongside um, and engage in activities like this, um, along with speaking at conferences, going in front of medical boards um, and other various meetings across the country to kind of have that voice for professionals. That's awesome. So let's even go further back. Let's, <laughs> we always like to uh, find out about that healthcare journey uh, from our guests when they join us, what kind of urged them, you know, got them into healthcare in the first place or some of those highlights along the way. So share that with us so we get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, and, and I think you really captured it hitting the nail on the head is a lot of people, when they think about healthcare, they automatically think about just physicians and nurses, right? So in my healthcare journey, my parents very much pushed me in a, in a direction. I, I knew that I probably did not want to be a nurse and that I didn't want to take, you know, um, 10 to 12 years of my life to become a physician. Uh, so I started looking at allied health professions and locally in my in my community, there were things that were offered different programs. Um, but if if I think back, like what I'm doing today is nothing like what I started to go to school for, which I don't think is very different from most people. Um, so as I was was really um looking at different allied health professions, um, I learned a lot that there's almost 200 professions out there 
that are deemed allied health. Everything from physical therapy, occupational therapy, dentist, um, ortho and prosthetics, uh, you know, imaging, all of those things. Uh, and they actually make up 60% of the healthcare workforce. So we're a bigger community than we even think we are. And the amount of services and care that we provide people is amazing. So I ended up going um, to school to become a radiologic technologist. And so I actually completed both an associate and a bachelor's degree in medical imaging and specialized in CT and MRI. So that gave me the opportunity to even to this day um, hold a couple of different national certifications. Even though it's been a couple of years since I've practiced, I still have a lot of value and, and hold a lot of um, respect for those, those certifications. Once I finished school, um, I traditionally, you know, like most people started working in a hospital imaging department. But shortly after that, I was approached about a new opportunity, um, which was teaching within an x-ray program. Um, I found out there were not very many people very many people who did that. You needed to have a four-year degree in order to be a teacher. Um, so I kind of said, okay, my mom's been a teacher for 40 years. My dad's been a healthcare administrator for about the same amount of time. And so I figured this is kind of a nice mixture between the two of them. And I was intrigued. So I did it and found out that I really enjoyed being um, on that side and, and being able to educate and still knowing that I'm helping um, you know, put people into that profession and shape, you know, their knowledge and their experiences and things like that. And so at the, while I was at the school, um, I also worked on and achieved my master's um, of education uh, in master's of science in education. Um, and that allowed me to even uh, venture out a little bit more and look at some different roles. And so I actually became a program director um, at a technical center and then eventually moved to Kansas City where I onboarded with a university and I was with them for 12 years. And so in that time frame, I did a couple of various roles. I, I ran their, their x-ray program. Um, I became their health science coordinator, when, which I was over about four different um, healthcare programs and then ended as their director of education for the campus before moving into the kind of ed tech corporate space where I am right now with NHA and I've actually been with them for 10 years. Um, so it's also been very different than what I would have thought I would have done, but I am loving my current role. Obviously 10 years is a long time, especially these days to stay with an organization, but I am super passionate about what we're doing to help develop and advance and advocate for allied health professionals. Okay. Thank you. I, I love hearing those backstories because they're never taking the exact same steps. There's always these different little pathways that people take, interests, things that got them interested. So love hearing that. So we're going to talk about uh, a very important topic to everybody who's involved in healthcare right now. We all know about that, and that is workforce shortages. You and I have met offline a couple of times, talked about this. Um, I think, I, I hope I'm not putting words in your, mouth, in your mouth, but I think you've got some data that you can share with us about some of those latest workforce shortages statistics and what they're telling you. Share those with us if you do have those. Yeah, I think this is a great venue to really bring to light how important um, and really the state of 
what we're experiencing right now in healthcare in regards to a workforce shortage. Um, if you look at the headlines, you'll see they're they're talking about the healthcare workforce shortage and using words like crisis and epidemic. Um, and I'm sure everyone has a story where their healthcare experience has been impacted by what we're currently seeing. You know, not having enough individuals there. Um, you know, to to do the things that we need to do and to have our clinics and our hospitals and and things run the way they should. So first off, we know healthcare workforce is growing at about 13% on average with there are many professions um, inside that that are growing even faster. However, we have a natural churn of about 22%. So right there, you can see there's an obvious gap. We don't have enough coming in and growth versus what we're losing. Um, to be more exact, we have about 85% of healthcare facilities that say today that they're lacking allied health professionals, which in case you didn't know, like I mentioned, that is such a broad range of individuals and it's mm -hmm. a big percentage of our overall healthcare workforce. We also need to double our new nurse graduates by 2025 to keep up with the nursing shortage. And we're also looking at a potential shortage of over 124,000 physicians by 2034. So that's, you know, in, in the next decade, we could be in, in real crisis in terms of all aspects of our workforce shortage, not only the allied health side, but also our provider side. Um, we can also cite numerous articles that um, talk about why these gaps are here and why are we kind of in this place that we're in? Obviously the pandemic kind of kicked it off. Um, people are burnt out. Um, during the pandemic, we lost a lot of individuals that needed to stay home with their kids or women who were the primary um, you know, caregivers of their families. They quit their jobs to homeschool kids. Um, that's caused a lot of staffing issues, but in all honesty, we're actually experiencing kind of a perfect storm within healthcare. People are living longer and, and requiring more care. They're sicker. We have more chronic diseases than ever before. Healthcare professionals are leaving at a higher rate because of those reasons we just mentioned. And there's less individuals getting trained and graduating from healthcare programs. So it's this constant cycle that we're competing against and we're not making any, any headway. Um, in addition to that, our health systems, as they're trying to get ahead of this, mm -hmm. right, are spending an upwards of $64 billion wow. Dollars wow. on temporary staffing. So that's working with traveling nurses or people mm -hmm. that are just coming in to do contract work short term. Um, and obviously those cost a lot more than what we would pay to have a full-time employee on staff. Um, in addition to that, in order to help retain the current employees that they have, they're spending another $27 billion on learning and development. So ensuring that these individuals that they have can continue their education or further their education or become um, skilled in other areas or upskilled so that they can move upwards in a career ladder or a career pathway to stay with that organization. So it's there's a, there's a lot being spent to try and help this, Nothing. but, you know, I don't know what's going to get us there. Yeah. So 
thank you for sharing that. That is, those numbers are staggering, Jessica. Um, I think everybody listening, they're involved in practices. They are feeling the pain firsthand. So what do we do about it? Are, are there any steps, strategies, anything that practices can take to lessen some of these pain points? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to share. So let's jump right in. The first one I think is we need to rethink or reevaluate high school and career tech ed health science programs and look at them for the level of skill and competency and how they're being delivered to high school students and how they align to entry level roles. There was a MGMA article and um, stats that came out. It's probably been 18 months now, but your practices said that medical assistance was one of the hardest positions to fill. Um, and so if we think about where do we go for additional pipeline for people, the CTE health science area is definitely one of those. So within high school CTE, they have career clusters or pathways. And the health science pathway is one of the largest across the country, which is great for us. It's untapped potential. So while we're seeing post-secondary educational enrollments down, we're seeing an increase in high school career pathway enrollments. And we need to recognize, understand, and leverage the quality education and training that's taking place in that space. It often leads to the same industry-recognized accredited credential as post-secondary programs are leading to, which is also really awesome because that's showing the level of competency that they are getting and that they have when graduating from uh, those programs. They can then use that to go right into a career. So you could hire them into your practices or many times those students are gonna use it as a foundation to springboard them into higher level educational healthcare programs. So they can work within a practice as a medical assistant part-time while going to school for something else, you know, if they decided to go into imaging or physical therapy or whatever, right, they're getting those foundational skills and experience at the same time while moving, you know, kind of through that career career pathway. We also, um, in addition to NHA and our community partners, we work to increase awareness and recognition of career opportunities that exist within allied health. I think that's another one. And we just had, NHA just had a, a national innovation board meeting at the end of September. And one of the biggest things that those board members, their stakeholders and advocates and, and you know, to NHA, they said, we need to start thinking about and really talking and educating individuals about going into healthcare, you know, all aspects of healthcare. Um, so that they have a better awareness and awareness and understanding of the, all the opportunities that are there. And in turn, we grow those career clusters um, and that creates a stronger workforce pipeline for healthcare employers. More graduates are coming out. They have the ability to hire more um, that have graduated from those, those programs. Second, building a stronger, building stronger strategic partnerships. So one way is through those high school programs. The other is through post-secondary schools, workforce development, et cetera. Um, we're definitely in that stage of all hands on deck, right, approach right now. So when we meet with industry leaders and stakeholders, we often hear that there's this disconnect between educators, workforce, and the employers. 
they may not always understand the gaps and the needs. And if there was more collaboration, perhaps, they could all together understand what tools, solutions, funding, or initiatives that are out there that could be beneficial to all parties. So there was a recent article by McKinsey that said, U.S. health systems could address workforce shortages across a wide range of healthcare roles by setting up their own educational entities or partnering with post-secondary education institutions. So, however, the largest you know, gap or challenge that we have to training more healthcare workers is the availability of clinical training experiences. So if you think about it, do you want someone who's gone through a program but has not had any direct patient care or on-the-job experience to give you the first needle stick that they've ever done, right? But in order for those individuals to feel comfortable, they need to have some of those, you know, clinical externships, clinical internships, uh, things like that. But with tight budgets, we have less staff, higher workloads, healthcare facilities, and practicing clinicians are really struggling because they don't have the resources or the time to devote to these students, whether it's nursing students, medical students, or allied health students. They just, you know, that goes back to that vicious cycle, right? We want to do all these great things, but we just are fighting against ourselves in a sense. So anytime that we can partner, we can look at grants or additional funding sources to help create some of those in-house programs or increase the on-site training opportunities, that's a wonderful thing. And NHA really prides ourselves in the fact that we can help you do that. So as a certification body, we are connecting with all three of those entities, right? Um, employers, workforce, and schools, so that we can hopefully bring them resources, bring them together, help form those relationships to address some of our most important needs. Let's move on to number three. Elevate and upskill your best and most loyal employees to fill in-demand roles. So if we're thinking about we have this this high demand and lots of opportunities for say a medical assistant or a phlebotomist, let's look at some of the current employees that we have in other positions within our organization and ask ourselves, are they asking for more or can we use them in other places? I always love to use the example of, hey, we have our favorite server down at Applebee's, right? That is just amazing. They have great customer service. They always talk to us. You know, they're always there, reliable. What if we can take those kind of soft skills, essential skills, like I like to call them, and train them to do the clinical aspects of the job? Oftentimes, employers tell us their biggest struggle is to get through that, that professionalism. And um, so if we can find people in our organization that do that really well, let's maximize that and give them give them the skills they need and they can help fill those areas that are most critical to us. Jessica, you covered a lot of ground. What I want to help our uh, listeners do is we will point you to some information through transcription, um, you know, in our episode show notes. We'll also create an article on our website. So you'll be able to hear what Jessica's saying, but you can also cross-reference it and uh, go to the website. Uh, I believe NHA might even have this on their website as well once we uh, publish this. So I want to make everybody aware of that. As a final question then, just to kind of 
provide people with some initial steps, some next steps. As I mentioned, I, I truly think that having a relationship with NHA can be a really important one. And I, I am not a salesperson. I really am just an advocate for helping solve some of these problems that we're facing. Um, but for practice managers and administrators, a lot of the time, they can't do it all themselves. So to have a really strong vendor or to have strong resources or partners is is really necessary to help um, you know, be successful. So we can assist with connecting your members to other stakeholders. We can help provide them with necessary learning resources if they're needing to skill up individuals or assist with creating even standardized training and competencies within their organizations. Um, we can also get them certified, which I think is great. It's It helps not only, like I said, with with the level of patient care that's being, um, you know, provided within them, but it it just gives a peace of mind, right? You know, these people are competent. Um, and we can also help them grow, keep those people by giving them additional training resources um, to move into those roles as we discussed previously. Um, but we can't do it alone, of course. We will use our resources and our partners to, to help support um, you know, your members. So it really is us measuring our success in the collective success, success that comes from our partners who share our passion for shaping the future of healthcare. And we know your members are doing that every day. So it's a great relationship for us to have and, and just reaching out to us to learn more about how we can support them through those different areas of need, whether it really is recruiting from high schools or recruiting from, you know, post-secondary people to standardizing onboarding, helping with standardized competencies and additional training, um, or if they want to do the training themselves, we can individualize those programs. And then through certification and even giving them the opportunities to skill up and advance those people so that they can keep them and they become loyal employees, I think is very, very important. Awesome. Well, Jessica, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for sharing these insights with us. Thank you for having us again. Um, it's great. We love the work that you guys are doing and we're very excited to be um, a partner of MGMAs and to help any way that we can. Yeah, it is a great partnership and um, we want to thank Jessica again. Our guest has been Jessica Langley, Chairwoman of the Board for the National Health Career Association, Inc., and also Executive Director of Education and Advocacy for NHA. It has been a great partnership with MGMA, and we're really excited about the things uh, that are taking place and the things that are going to take place in the future. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to have links and additional information information in the episode show notes as well as the websites on mgma and on nha will provide you with direct links there so you can just click right on them with that being said thanks for being a listener to the mgma podcast network if you like the work we're doing please consider becoming an mgma member learn more at mgma.com slash membership.